Let's see if that works. Okay, welcome everyone. Welcome to the Unremarkable Brain. This is our book club, our monthly book club. And today we are talking with Dr. Mary Newport, the author of Clearly Keto for Healthy Brain Aging and Alzheimer's Prevention. So very excited to talk about this. Um, mm -hmm. I'll do just a quick introduction for Dr. of Dr. Mary in case none, uh, in case you uh, are new to this. Um, uh, uh, Mary T. Newport, MD, grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, was educated at Xavier University and University of Cincinnati College of Medicine. She's board certified in pediatrics and neonatology, and she completed her training at Children's Hospital Medical Center in Cincinnati and Medical University Hospital in Charleston, South Carolina. She practiced neonatology in Florida for 30 years and was the founding medical director of two newborn intensive care units in the Tampa Bay area. More recently, Dr. Newport has practiced at the opposite end of the spectrum, providing care for hospice patients in the Tampa Bay area for nearly three years and in-home health risk assessments thereafter. She writes and speaks in the United States and around the world on ketones as an alternative fuel for the brain for Alzheimer's and other disorders. Uh, she's the author of three books. Uh, one is The Complete Book of Ketones, uh, the, yeah. the coconut oil and low carb solution, <laughs> Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and other diseases. And most recently, as I said, this book, uh, Clearly Keto. So uh, I will say a quick disclaimer for all you listeners out there, even though Dr. Newport is a medical doctor, she's not your medical doctor. So please do, you know, talk to your doctor, nurse, specialist, shaman, what have you, before making your own uh, lifestyle decisions. So with that, welcome, Dr. Mary. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much for having me on your program and welcome to everybody. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, and, and we got the, we were just chatting a minute ago because we got the opportunity to meet face-to-face -face last week at the Low Carb USA conference. Right. That was great. That was great. It was a great conference and it was one of my first outings of that type <laughs> since the pandemic started. Yeah, um, it's really wonderful um, to be around other people and to get so much great information. It was a really terrific conference. Yeah, yeah, I thought, and it, it really had kind of a, a a family kind of feel to it, almost yes. right. I mean, yes. it was really cool to be able to yeah. you know, hear Dominic Diagostino speak, mm -hmm. and then just run into him in the hallway afterwards and say, "Hey, right. about that? You know, what about you know?" And and sort of pick his. In fact, he mentioned your work in his in his talk, if I recall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, so so yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool, and and I was uh, happy to get the opportunity to spend time with you. And again, happy to see you here again. Um, so, uh, so, so getting into it, I think, you know, if you don't mind, could we start with, um, the story you begin with and clearly keto is, is the story of your husband, Steve, and it's such a touching, uh, story. I think you call it a, a story with an unhappy ending, but a happy middle. If I, right. If right. Um, so can, if you don't mind just sort of telling us about that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm having a little <laughs> attack of, um, I, I took a mint before I, we came on and, and now I'm oh, okay. getting congested. <laughs> so, oh, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm okay. Um, so my husband, Steve, uh, he was an accountant and that worked out perfectly for our family because he said when we decided we were going to have children, how about if he stayed home with the children? And that worked great. He could do accounting and manage my practice from home since I was uh, working in a hospital and newborn intensive care units. And, um, but <clears throat> when he was 51 years old, he started having problems with his memory that became, um, 
serious when he started having problems remembering if he'd been to the bank and the post office. Mm-hmm. I thought this is not normal. And he saw a neuropsychiatrist who um, thought it was depression related. Mm-hmm. And it was more likely that he was depressed because he knew he was having problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he told me later for two or three years before I noticed that he was having problems, he knew something was wrong. So um, it, he, three years later, he progressed, he continued to get worse and um, problems like not being able to read a map anymore, um, just couldn't, we had moved an hour north, very tiny little town, he couldn't find his way around and he'd spent endless hours in his garage looking for something, mm-hmm. and odd behavior, and he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's at the uh, young age of 54 Wow. Um, in, in 2004. And so, um, you know, he continued to progress. In 2006, I found information about the Mediterranean diet that people with Alzheimer's who ate the most Mediterranean-like diet lived on average four years longer than people that ate the least Mediterranean-like diet. And that was the first time it occurred to me that diet could have anything to do with Alzheimer's, that there could be something lifestyle-related you know, that could affect Alzheimer's. So we very rapidly switched from a convenience food, fast food diet, (laughs) full of lots of processed foods to a whole food Mediterranean diet with whole grains and more fish and olive oil and all of that. And um, I had great benefits from it. He continued to worsen. We don't know if it slowed it down or not. It may have, you know, but nothing to compare it to really. Right, right. Um, And then in 2008, he was going downhill very quickly. Um, He was no longer remembering to eat. He had to have somebody at my home, you know, when it was our daughter at that point, um, when I worked, you know, to help him eat, make sure he didn't get into too much trouble because he would get into trouble. And um, it's hard to explain unless you've lived with somebody with Alzheimer's, but um, I was always looking for clinical trials and I came across two clinical trials Um, and scheduled two days in a row for two different drugs. And I was on the internet the night before the first screening. And I came upon, I was looking for the risks and benefits of these two drugs. And I came upon a press release about a medical food that was going to come out in about a year. And it, in a pilot study, and then in a longer term study, it improved the memory and cognition in nearly half of the people with Alzheimer's that took it. And you never hear that about Alzheimer's drugs. They, they, slow down the progression of the disease, you know, for maybe six months, but they don't improve cognition. And so this caught my attention and it didn't say what it was or what it did. So I found a patent application um, that they had submitted and it was medium chain triglyceride oil, MCT oil, which I was familiar with because I'm a newborn specialist. (laughs) So it's, it was kind of, um, yeah, just very extremely fortunate stroke of good luck, you know, that I found this and that I knew what it was. Um, we used to yeah. add it to the feedings of our tiniest preemies because yeah. it would help them grow faster. They absorbed it really well. And then it, they formula manufacturers started adding it to infant formulas in the okay. form of wow. MCT oil or coconut oil, which is the richest source of MCTs. And because MCTs are in human breast milk. So, oh, okay. Wow. I thought, well, this is interesting. Um, um, so the, the thing about medium chain triglyceride oil, MCT oil, um, is that when you consume it, no matter what you eat, 
your liver will convert part of this to ketones. And ketones okay. are an alternative fuel for the brain um, that um, through evolution <laughs> basically um, helped humans survive um, because there have been, you know, you know, humans um, historically have had periods of feast and famine. They didn't have sure. the wonderful luxuries and pantries and everything that we have today. They had to go right. hunt out, they had to go out and get their food. They'd have cold weather, they'd have other things happen, and there wouldn't be food, you know, sometimes yeah. for for days and maybe even a week or two. Um, the cavemen so, weren't eating six small meals a day, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Much less getting up in the middle of the night and eating something, you know. Right, right. <laughs> no midnight snacks. Yeah. Not too much way to store things either. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, basically when you haven't been eating for a period of time, studies of starvation show that you start breaking down fat after you use up the glucose that's stored in your liver, which actually happens at about 10 or 12 hours after okay. you haven't eaten something. Um, and you start breaking down fat and your heart, your muscles, most of your organs can use fat, fatty acids as fuel, but they don't easily get into the brain. So the brain needs another source of fuel and the liver breaks down some of these fatty acids into ketones, which are very tiny molecules are actually smaller than glucose molecules. And they cross into the brain and they um, can provide, uh, they're taken up eagerly by brain cells. The brain can switch immediately from using glucose to ketones okay. uh, as fuel, you know, to operate the cell. So I thought, well, this is really a neat idea. And the reason why it was relevant to Alzheimer's specifically is because people with Alzheimer's have a problem getting glucose into the brain and into um, specific areas of the brain and certain types of, um, of brain cells. Mm -hmm. uh, and this worsens. It's due to insulin resistance is part of the problem. Okay. And this worsens as the disease progresses and it progresses throughout the entire brain, you know, so the brain literally is not getting fuel. Right. But there are studies showing, uh, and the studies happened after, you know, what happened with my husband, but um, they were able to show with ketone PET scans that ketones are taken up normally, even in the Alzheimer brain, in the areas affected by Alzheimer's. Mm. So it supports the idea that ketones could be used as fuel. So this whole thing was MCT oil converts to ketones. And this is a medical food that they had developed that actually did increase, uh, improve cognition in people with Alzheimer's. So um, I'm reading this and it's about 1 a.m., uh, and he's scheduled for a screening at 9 a.m. And I didn't have any time, any time to do anything about it. Sure. So we went for the screening and he um, did very poorly. He needed to score at least 16 out of 30 points on the mini mental status exam. Um, and he only got 14 points. So we were bitterly disappointed. <clears throat> and the doctor had him uh, draw a clock. I don't know if you'll be able to see this on... <laughs> Can you see that? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, does that look like you a move clock? it up just a little bit? Yeah, <laughs> a few little tiny circles, no big circle, and uh, four numbers. So, Very oh, so organized. this is what he drew when he was asked to draw a clock. Yes, that's what he drew when he was asked to draw a clock. Wow! And the doctor said he's on the verge of severe Alzheimer's, and so I thought, what do we have to lose? We're going to try this thing you know, with coconut oil, I didn't know you could get MCT oil over the counter. I thought it was maybe available in hospitals. So mm -hmm. we stopped and got uh, coconut oil on the way home. And I figured out 
<clears throat> had to remind myself which are the fatty acids that are medium chain fatty acids. And I got the um, fatty acid composition of coconut oil from a USDA website. And I figured out that a little over two tablespoons of coconut oil would equal the amount of medium chain triglycerides that are in the MCT oil that they use in the study. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. A little bit of, a so little bit of chemistry for you there. A little bit of chemistry and math. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. So um, the next day he was scheduled for another screening and fortunately it was at one in the afternoon. So um, I gave him a little over two tablespoons of coconut oil and oatmeal. It's coconut oil is a little bit creamy, solid at room temperature. It melts and anything warm, like right away. So put it in oatmeal. He ate that. I had some too. I got indigestion. I don't have a gallbladder. And um, <laughs> I, um, um, you know, basically we went to a different location. It was a different location, different city. And this time he gained four points on the same test. Wow. Um, and he knew what day of the week it was, which he couldn't remember the day before, couldn't remember the season wow. the day before, um, and different town and what floor he was on in the institution is something that he got. And it was a different So place. this is the very next day? The very next day. And this wow. is, was about three to four hours after he had the coconut oil. Oh, Wow. Yeah. And then that's, we found out later, uh, he had levels drawn and that's about when the ketones peak is about three hours after. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we had this fortuitous happening. And at the time I thought, was this just really good luck? Was it prayers? Was it um, the coconut oil? And I thought, well, we're going to keep the coconut oil going. Scientifically, it made sense to me that this could help. So but I thought, you know, when I had looked at the patent application, when you take MCT oil, your ketone level peaks at about like an hour and a half to two hours. Okay. And then they're pretty much gone by three hours, the ketones. So I thought, well, the brain needs fuel 24 seven. So what do sure. you do the other 21 hours? Right. So um, I started cooking with it. The other, I would give them the two little two plus tablespoons for breakfast and then started cooking with it throughout the day, uh, incorporating other meals and coconut, everything became coconut in our house <laughs> <laughs> and um, coconut milk and, and uh, there's um, uh, well grated coconut actually is loaded with oil. And, you know, so <clears throat> I was learning all kinds of things, getting recipes, getting cookbooks and just learning how to use this. And he improved every day. He improved every day. Wow. He went from being very sluggish, uh, very little conversation um, in the morning. Um, he had tremors. He had he could not he couldn't even figure out how to get water from the dispenser in the refrigerator or utensil out of the drawer. I mean, that was all kind of a mystery in the morning to wow. him, and um, all of that got better over just the next few days. You know, he bounced down the hall. He started whistling and being more talkative and making jokes and there was more animation in his face and the tremors. Uh, he had a jaw tremor when he would talk and that completely stopped. And he had a hand tremor mm-hmm. that when he tried to eat and that would go away after 20 or 30 minutes of taking the coconut oil. And then we wouldn't see it the rest of the day because he was getting coconut, I think throughout the day. So um, this was pretty, you know, by about the fourth or fifth day, we said, um, you know, our life has changed. I mean, he, he felt it. He said it was like a light switch came on in his head. He knew he had Alzheimer's. He was one of somebody who was very aware he had Alzheimer's. He knew what he'd been able to do, what he couldn't do anymore. Very frustrated and depressed about it, but his mood changed fairly quickly. 
because he he said i see hope i see hope for my future um and wow. um wow so i started of course in the meantime reading everything i could about ketones and medium chain fatty acids and um i found a world expert dr richard beach who was located at the nih near dc and he um had been studying ketones for decades mm. and he had focused on them as a therapeutic the the therapeutic potential of ketones since the mid 1990s and he had been developing a ketone ester and um it was um uh, you know i basically found his telephone number on wikipedia i called him he picked up the phone it was amazing oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. and he sent me papers you know i i asked him theoretically do you think somebody who was eating coconut oil with Alzheimer's could improve. And he goes, no, no, no. He said the levels would be too low. You know, um, this ketone ester I'm developing can get the levels like many times higher. And, mm-hmm. and he said, and somebody asked me about like a MCT oil a few years back. And I just told him the levels would be too low. And I, well, <laughs> I didn't tell him then that <laughs> in fact, the levels are not too low that yeah, yeah. helps somebody, you know, but um but he sent me in a lot of information, some of his papers, hypothesis papers he'd written. And, um, you know, uh, about two weeks later, then Steve uh, drew another clock. I mean, he was already improving in other ways, but let's see. That's his next clock two weeks later. Wow. So that looks a whole lot more like a clock. <laughs> yes, definitely. And then, yeah. And then this one is about um, two months after he started. So a little tidier. There's a whole lot of spokes and he explained to me, he was trying to line up the numbers across from each other. That's what those lines. Oh, were. I see. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, he just continued to improve things like being able to tie his shoes again, walking normally. He had gotten a real stiff gait. He couldn't pick up his feet and run. And after about two months, he could, he could just walk normally and he could run. Wow. And um, he had a visual disturbance. Um that he couldn't explain. He had stopped reading about a year and a half earlier and around three and a half, four months, he one day announced that he could read again. And I said, well, why couldn't you read? And he said, well, the words were like breaking up and they were moving around on the page and this had stopped. And now he could actually read. And then nine or 10 months, he'd remember what he read several hours earlier, pretty detailed. He he would talk about an article that he read in scientific American or something and some details about it. Wow. And, uh, and things that happened two or three weeks earlier, he would bring up like a wedding we had gone to. And, and you know, so it was really a profound improvement, you know, that we yeah. had over nine or 10 months. So that's the the long version. There's actually longer versions of this story. but <laughs> Well, I'm sure there are. I mean, it's a lot to, to live through, right? And it's yes, a lot to go yes. through. I mean, how many, um, if you don't mind my asking, sort of how many uh, year additional years um, mm-hmm. did you did you think you got out of... Um, after the, the yeah beginning was, of the ketogenic yeah program yeah it was close to four years it was close wow. to four years and um, part of what happened in the meantime he did get into the clinical trial mm-hmm. um, he actually got accepted he went back to try out for the other one um, and he got a score of twenty instead of he eighteen he had scored obviously wow. and then he got a score of twenty out of thirty which was really phenomenal. So we got accepted into both studies and we got to choose. It turned out both drugs had really serious adverse effects, Uh which turned out to be a bad thing. But we found out later that Steve was on the placebo for the first 18 months of the study. So once we found that out, then I knew for certain 
that, you know, it was, you know, almost certainly the coconut oil it right. definitely was not a drug, you know, for Alzheimer's that was improving him. You know, I wasn't hundred percent right. sure, but he did have a two month period. I mean, leading up to when he started the study that he had really dramatic improvement, you know, wow. already, you know, from the coconut oil. And then we had added MCT oil too, after about six weeks, Dr. Okay. Beach and Corey just to do that. So, um, but then, you know, he <clears throat> transitioned to the drug in the drug trial and mm-hmm. it turned out to be a drug that accelerated Alzheimer's, we found out later. Oh, no. And he was on it for about six weeks. He did have a big setback then. Um, uh, some new, he had some new symptoms that we hadn't seen before. And wow. yeah, Dr. Veach had been working on his ester. It had passed toxicity studies, just finished. And he said, let's try it. You know, are you, mm-hmm. would you like to do a clinical trial of one person? with a pilot study. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and he sent us the raw material. It tasted horrible. I had to figure mm-hmm. out how to make it drinkable for Steve. And um, he took it three times a day. And even the first day it turned him around. He had had with a setback, I was having to talk him through things like taking a shower, shaving, mm-hmm. I mean, step by step by step wow. and, and um, help him get dressed because he put things on upside down and backwards and, you know, mm-hmm. And, but the very next day, he picked out his own clothes, took a shower, shaved everything by himself. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So dramatic improvement. And then it, he, it, it was sustained for like 20 more months. And then um, uh, sadly, he had one day he was had hugged and kissed me goodbye. I went to the hospital. He had a lady staying with him that was there mm-hmm. when I worked. And um, he fell straight back and had a, a seizure, hit his head. Mm. Had a 20 minute seizure, stopped breathing. Wow. And um, after wow. that, he became completely dependent. Mm. Com- it completely changed everything. And um, he did pass away from Alzheimer's in 2016. But, mm-hmm. you know, I do feel that we got nearly four better years. Um, so that's why his story has a happy middle. But yeah. he was quite advanced, you know, when we started this. And you know, from, from right away, I thought, you know, if Steve improved, you know, many, many other people would improve. And if they, if this was started earlier in the disease or for people at risk of the disease, it might mm-hmm. prevent it altogether. It might slow it down. You know, maybe people would improve. Um, so yes. um, I've just been obsessed ever since with getting this message out and, yeah, yeah. and writing. Um, I actually, this is actually my fourth book. So my first book was oh. uh, came out in 2011, it's called Alzheimer's disease. What if there was a cure the story of ketones? Oh, I'm sorry. I missed that. uh, Yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, There's a third edition of that coming out in next September. Oh, great. Three. And um, I got, got to finish Steve's story in it because there was a lot of his story that hadn't unfolded yet. You know, when I wrote that book, Right. Um, but um, so and then, you know, I'm always adding new information. It has the science behind ketones, but I've gotten to update that quite a bit. Um, but clearly keto is, is pretty up to date. There were a couple new developments since then. <laughs> yeah, well, it does seem like it's always evolving, right? I mean, uh, like I said, you know, Dr. Uh, Dominic D'Agostino in his presentation, I learned mm-hmm. so much of, you know, the, from that alone and, and the things that he's been working on and the things that you've been working on. I mean, it seems like, um, every day there's a new study or a new finding or new, you know, there's all these different, um, things coming out. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, thank you for sharing the story. I mean, it really, 
uh, drives home, which, you know, I've, I've always appreciated about you is just the, the yeah. passion that you have for this because it is so personal to you. Right. And I think that's, that's the way, you know, I, I was thinking about it today and I, I'm, I would be willing to guess that there's no one in America who hasn't been touched by Alzheimer's in some way. I mean, I, I, totally I can agree. name three, four people off the top of my head and just who just, you know, fairly recently, one of them uh, was a good friend of mine, uh, Jack, who I, I rode with that we have a master's community rowing club. And um, he was about 60, 60 or 61 when I met him. And um, he had already started, um, cognitive decline at that point Mm -hmm. and it's just so heartbreaking you know to just see a person you know the person who was there kind of disappear in a way you know and and, yeah it's um, just awful yeah yeah and and Mm -hmm. so you know to me it's and and i I appreciate you know one thing you mentioned in your story and something i always tell people with my story is, is with epilepsy, I'm not against medication. You know, I'm still on medication. In fact, in addition to the ketogenic diet, um, it's not some woo woo, you know, right. um, big pharma yeah. out to get us kind of thing, but, yeah, yeah. but you know, it's, I'm, I'm sort of on the view of let's throw everything we can at this thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I totally agree. People assume that because I'm using this, you know, food based therapy, you know, treatment, you know, for my husband and that I recommend it, that I've abandoned all, everything to do with, with um, modern science and medicine. And it's right, just, true. Right. I mean, uh, when you do neonatology, you need mm-hmm. everything in that armamentarium of what we have learned, you know, about the science yeah. of taking care of newborns to take care of them, including medications. And, you know, yeah. I myself, I mean, um, 20 years ago, I had you know, an acute problem, I needed surgery and antibiotics. And without surgery and antibiotics, I wouldn't be here, you know, I'm quite sure sure of that. So I do appreciate the wonders of modern medicine. But you know, the the big problem is that nutrition is not taught in Mm -hmm. many schools. (laughs) That is my big complaint that, you know, doctors need to be thinking about both, you know, how disease of how nutrition, how diet affects disease, Mm -hmm. and how, um, uh, diet can help, you know, overcome disease. And, and, um, you know, in your case, it's just, you know, amazing, you know, what a ketogenic diet has done for you. And, you know, a ketogenic diet has been around a hundred years, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, used for, uh, you know, was more in the beginning children, although some adults in some of the early studies, yeah. Um, drug resistant. Well, they didn't even have drugs yet. Right, right. This is <laughs> yeah, exactly. epilepsy at that point. Um, but, you know, to control seizures um, before the ketogenic diet came along, there are um, uh, stories of fasting being used to control mm-hmm. epileptic seizures successfully in the Bible. Hippocrates uh, yeah. talked about it. Um, so, um, you know, it's been around for a long time and it's just, you know, only recently that it's been thought of for other conditions, you know, like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Um, there's some studies that show great benefit for Parkinson's ketogenic diet. And, and more recently there was a ketogenic a study in New Zealand, ketogenic diet in which the whole recipe book was almost all entirely recipes that included coconut oil. There was a study for Parkinson's wow. that showed good results and another study um, in 2021 of, um, Alzheimer's disease that was published where the, the book had a hundred and something recipes and nearly every one of them had coconut oil. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's not touted as a coconut oil study, but in my mind it was, you know, right, so, right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you, do you think there's something about 
coconut oil in its raw form, as you get at Trader Joe's or, or wherever at the supermarket, mm-hmm. versus the refined MCT oil. Because I do, I take a yeah. tablespoon of MCT oil with my coffee in the morning just mm-hmm. to sort of, mm-hmm. you know, kickstart my day or whatever you want to say. Um, yeah. But I haven't thought of just doing regular coconut oil. Is is you think there's a difference? Or yeah. you think there's benefits? Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, Steve improved with just coconut oil and, um, I I've collected, um, I'm actually submitting it as an abstract to the old timers association finally, but I collected, um, reports from caregivers mostly, and sometimes mm-hmm. the person themselves between, um, 2008 and 2014, 360 reports from people. Wow. Most of them, um, well, nearly all of them started with coconut oil, and then about a third of them added MCT oil because I encouraged them to add it. But um, Dr. Veach said, just just go with the MCT oil. There's higher ketone levels from it. And I thought, but he improved with coconut oil. What if there's something else? So there are right. some things about coconut oil. Um, one, <laughs> it, half of the fat is lauric acid, which is not much in standard MCT oil. Oh, okay. And lauric acid, C12 is um, uh, antimicrobial. It kills all kinds of uh, bacteria, viruses, fungus, protozoa, um, okay. um, including um, like dental pathogens that are known that are tied, I should say, connected to Alzheimer's. It kills herpes simplex virus, which has been connected to Alzheimer's. Wow. Um, it's used in, in um, lark acid is actually extracted from coconut oil and it's used in all kinds of antiviral wipes and sprays and okay. <laughs> um, yeah. skin yeah. care products and everything. But the other interesting thing about lauric acid, um, a company from Japan, the Nishin Oilio Company, became very interested in um, in this. Um, they, they're an edible oil company, but one of the things they've been making is MCT oil since about 1970. They've been uh, making it, producing it, and selling it since 1970. They've studied it very extensively. And they wanted to figure out how my husband could improve so much with ketone levels that were so low, even, you know, lower than what you get from MCT oil. And what they found in uh, cultures of astrocytes, which are brain cells that nourish the neurons in the brain, that um, lauric acid potently stimulates ketone production directly in these cells. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So... Um, that could explain that it's, it's more direct effect in the brain, you know, rather than a reflection of the ketones that are in the blood. Right, right. Because the way that I've sort of learned it or conceptualized mm-hmm. it is that the ketones kind of are, are produced in the liver. Right. And then travel up to the brain and are able to get in. But but there's actually a mechanism by which the brain can produce its own ketones. That's, yes. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the astrocytes can also use uh, medium chain triglycerides directly too. Okay, okay. Fuel. It, so there, it turns out that they're also an alternative fuel for the brain. Okay. Wow. So um, <laughs> it's, and then um, coconut oil, like in Alzheimer's, there's a buildup of these plaques. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of the hallmarks of it. Um, and coconut oil, there's a substance in it that inhibits the these formation of these plaques. Oh wow. Uh, which and then there's anti-inflammatory. They're called polyphenols, um, substances, antioxidant 
Um, quercetin is one of them that's in coconut oil that people, a lot of people take that as a supplement and antioxidants. Right. Yeah. 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 So there's a number of reasons, you know, I think that, you know, that first day it was almost for certain the ketone effect, the ketogenic effect of the coconut oil, maybe even in his brain that day. Yeah. But I think over the long haul, um, you know, Steve had fever blisters, which are herpes simplex virus. There are over mm-hmm. 200 studies connecting um, herpes simplex virus to Alzheimer's. Okay. Yeah, and and um, there's a recent study showing that, you know, shingles can provoke herpes simplex virus. That combination seems to be particularly bad for Alzheimer's. Okay. Wow. Um, but yeah. lauric acid inhibits the... Um, replication, it, it dissolves the lipid capsule of the virus. So it basically inactivates this mm, virus. Okay. And he rarely ever had another fever blister after we started the coconut oil and he had them constantly before we started it. So I wow. think that for the long-term effect that that was part of it That's and the anti-inflammatory effect, there's always inflammation in the brain and Alzheimer's mm. too, you know, maybe okay. controlling inflammation. <laughs> right, right. Wow, wow. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of um, I, I saw a talk by Doctor Doctor John Rowe. I'm sure you know him at UCLA. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he was talking about um, and actually someone asked me this one time. Though, you know, if ketosis is so good, why haven't the drug companies come up with a drug that creates ketosis? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, his quote, which I liked, really, you know, that that. that Drug companies look for a druggable target. They're looking for a hormone or a, or a right. you know, right. neuron or something that they can yeah. point at and, and shoot that that drug is that bullet that they're going to shoot at the target. Mm-hmm. I mean, ketosis is like a shotgun shell. It affects inflammation. It affects yeah. this. It affects yeah. that. It's very fundamental. Um, it you know, Doctor Feech, you know, we we talked about this a lot. How can ketones help so many different conditions? Mm-hmm. And he said, because it's a primitive fuel, it, it's, mm-hmm. you know, the problem is um, making energy in the cell is a very fundamental problem in so many different conditions. Right. Um, insulin resistant is, is uh, you know, an important part of many different conditions and inflammation is an important part of it. So it does, it's, it has very broad effects um, in the brain um, and other organs. Um, and, and, you know, so you know, that's kind of one of the points that I try to drive home in this book is, you know, that ketones can address this broader problem, you know, that it's very unlikely. They've been trying, looking for a cure for Alzheimer's for decades, billions of dollars. The best they've been able to do is maybe slow down the decline. They've been over and over trying to remove plaque from the brain. Mm -hmm. Um, A whole nother thing I could say about that, that would take 15 minutes, but (laughs) that's probably not the problem. It turns out these plaques form, they seem to form in response to microbes. You know, they find bacteria, viruses, everything inside. And, you know, um, the plaques are antimicrobial. So they're part of our immune system. And then you're trying to take them away with the drugs. Right. Which, yeah. You mentioned that in your book a little bit, infection. right? Maybe the plaque yeah. is part of the response. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the firefighter that we're blaming for starting the fire. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, um, and then there's a brain energy gap um, that Dr. Kunain has identified. He's studied several hundred uh, adults of all ages um, and some cognitively healthy, others, not people with Alzheimer's, people with mild cognitive impairment. Uh, and what he's found is that um, as we age, there is a gap between how much 
energy our brain needs and how much it actually gets. Mm. And a healthy, cognitively healthy older person, this gap is seven to nine percent, seven to nine percent. Okay. Okay. Somebody with mild cognitive impairment, it's 10 to 12 percent. Oh, wow. Somebody with mild Alzheimer's is 20 percent, and it just gets worse from there, 40 percent or higher as Alzheimer's progresses. Ketones can fill in the gap. He's been able to show this with MCT oil that ketones increases and ketone salts now too, that, ke- that ketones do increase the uh, amount of energy that the brain gets, you know, basically, you know, simply put. Um, so ketones can fill in the energy gap. Um, a low carb diet um, can help overcome insulin resistance in the brain, which is a fundamental problem in Alzheimer's. It, you know, why we have this brain energy gap. So, so mm-hmm. it can reverse insulin resistance. Um, Dr. Eric Westman, who spoke at the Low Carb USA conference, yeah. um, he has a practice in which he has helped over 4,000 people with type 2 diabetes go into remission completely off insulin medications, completely normal fasting blood sugars, hemoglobin A1C levels, um, reversing you know the blood markers for insulin resistance. And um, there are two case reports that have been published of people who had insulin resistance, diabetes, and mild Alzheimer's who did a ketogenic diet after 10 weeks of the ketogenic diet. All those numbers reversed, but their many mental status scores in one case increased from 23 to 29 out of 30. Wow. In another case, 21 to 28 out of 30. I mean, Wow. Up to the normal range. These were 30. Yeah. And 30 is considered normal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. And then attacking the inflammation, you know, the ketones and, um, you know, helping reduce inflammation. Uh, so, you know, that, you know, they, instead of targeting an enzyme deep in a pathway in the brain to try to stop plaque formation or whatever they're trying to do, mm-hmm. What they need to do is take, you know, kind of come out, step out and look at more broadly at Alzheimer's, what is going wrong fundamentally. Right. And so many of the things that are going wrong in the brain, there's so many things that do go wrong, proteins that aren't being made, substances, you know, things that just aren't happening. But it, it's a basic, most likely a basic problem of fuel, the cells not making enough, having enough fuel to carry out their functions. I mean, you know, mitochondria in cells are like little factories that make ATP, this energy molecule that all cells need. Well, they also make 20,000 different proteins that cells use. Mm -hmm. And if the mitochondria are not functioning like a factory and assembly line, you you, uh, pull the plug on the power, nothing's going to come out of that assembly line. It's just a simple way of looking at it. So, so basically the book, um, it, it talks about um, the Mediterranean diet. Uh, it's a whole food diet. It gets you away from processed foods that have um, high fructose corn syrup, mm-hmm. um, certain types of fats that are inflammatory uh, because you're trying to reduce inflammation. If you make it a ketogenic diet, a low carb diet, um, it doesn't have to be you know extremely strict. It can be mild to moderate nutritional ketosis that people get. So trying to keep your carbohydrates under 50 or 60 grams a day, Mm -hmm. um, eating more fat Mm -hmm. um, will produce ketones. Um, If you add coconut and MCT oil to it, that can help really 
increase the ketone level and sustain it, like keep, keep it going 24 seven. Right. Um, so, you know, um, and, um, you know, you can accomplish, uh, reducing the insulin resistance and increasing the energy uptake of the brain and reducing inflammation. Great. So, and I think, I think that actually answers the first, we had the first question from, uh, mm-hmm. the chat here and mm-hmm. folks, just a reminder, if you do, please do uh, put questions, comments, thoughts in the chat, or, mm-hmm. um, if you want to speak up and, and go on record, you can raise your hand, um, and unmute yourself. But Krista does ask to get the maximum benefit of ketones. Do you need to be on the keto diet or will MCT oil in your coffee actually offer benefits? And it sounds like you're saying that, yeah, that you will get some benefits, even just yeah. adding, uh, uh yeah. coconut oil or MCT oil to your regular diet. Yeah. You can get benefits from that. And, and what, what typically happens is people get benefits from that. And then it evolves to looking more closely at their diet and what they can mm-hmm. do with the diet because you can get even more benefit by reducing the carbohydrate in the diet and um, eating a healthier diet, uh, getting your vitamins and minerals from your food instead mm-hmm. of from supplements, mm-hmm. um, getting in, away from these inflammatory substances. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's even better to do it with a low carb diet. It'll be most likely more effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the, the long-term people, you know, like uh, there are some people that have stayed in touch with me um, for years <laughs> that um, they started with coconut oil, added MCT oil. And then there are some other things that are ketogenic, like overnight fasting. A lot is mm-hmm. kind of popular now to do intermittent or overnight fasting. Sure. Um, after 10 or 12 hours, you use up that glucose that's in your liver and then you start breaking down fat and converting that to ketones. So that's one strategy. People will combine overnight fasting with the uh, coconut uh, or, and, or MCT oil in their coffee in the morning. I, I put both of my coffee in the morning um, and then um, go 12, 14, 16 hours and have their meal then at 12 or one in the afternoon, um, make it a low carb meal, you know, mm-hmm. when they through the rest of the day, um, and then adding exercise, size yeah. increases Sorry. ketones. <laughs> so, uh, when you exercise your, um, th- this has been studied since the 1930s post exercise ketosis was a big topic of study, you know, for, um, a decade or two. Um, so when you exercise, if, if you eat a high carb meal before you exercise, you don't go into ketosis. But if you're fasting or you eat a um, <clears throat> ketogenic meal, you know, before um, you exercise or you take MCT oil, even better, before you exercise, mm-hmm. um, you will increase ketones and sustain it possibly for eight or nine hours. Oh, wow. Right. And then Dr. Uh, Kunain, who's done a lot of uh, studies of, of um, ketones, um, he found he did a study of people with mild Alzheimer's. They came three days a week. They walked on a treadmill for 40 minutes at a moderate pace. And um, after they'd been doing this for a few weeks, he did um, ketone PET scans. And he found that it nearly tripled ketone uptake after 40 minutes of walking. Wow. Yeah. And then he did another study after that of MCT oil plus exercise and found that it it increased it even more, um, you know, the uptake of ketones in the brain from, from MCT oil plus exercise. Wow. I, I wonder if it would be a different if, uh, result with high intensity exercise, which is more um, glucose dependent. Yeah. 
Um, well, it, yeah, yeah, you have to do a study to find out. I guess I we'd have to find. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing a lot of studies. I mean, he could very well be planning something like that. Uh, I know right now he's doing a study of ketone salts, which can get higher levels than MCT oil. Um, Ketone salts and and ketone ester, uh, which Dr. Beach was working on, they are available. They're out there. Um, They're marketed mostly to athletes because Mm -hmm. um, some of the studies were done in elite uh, rowers, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of bicyclists, Tour de France bicyclists, cyclists use ketone ester. So it's out there and it's available. Um, and the amounts that athletes use are probably much higher than somebody might need who has Alzheimer's because they're using it very, you know, they're doing this high endurance or high, you know, high intensity exercise. So they're using energy very quickly. Yeah. Um, but there are people that are using the, these for neurological indications. Um, about a third, I understand about a third of the market is that. Oh, wow. Uh, people trying to, to use that. And this is the same ketone ester that my husband took in the pilot study that's available out there. Oh, wow. Um, uh, and some of the people that have had long-term success added, you know, they were doing the other things and then they added ketone salts when they became available and then added ketone ester when they became available. So some people are doing multiple things and having some really good success with it. That's very cool. That's very mm-hmm. cool. I, I, I wanted to ask you earlier, um, did you uh, did you test ketone levels with Steve and, and the people that you've worked with? Uh, do you find that there's a particular zone or, or a minimum level of ketosis that's re- that's required for a benefit? Um, so, yeah. So, Steve, with the coconut oil, the ketone levels were not very high, uh, 0.3 to 0.4 millimoles, okay. which is not very high. But yet it helped him tremendously. So I think it might have that more direct effect in the brain. MCT oil, most people will get be, uh, levels of 0.5 to 1 millimole. A lot of people on this um, might not know what that means. Ketone ester, you can get 5 millimoles, 10 times higher, very wow. easily in 30 minutes of, with taking ketone ester. Um, so, but um, like Dominic D'Agostino, we mentioned him earlier, he's also done a lot of ketone research. And um, the levels that Dr. Um, Kunain has found effective with MCT oil are in like the 0.5 to 1 millimole range, you know, okay. that people do seem to have sustained benefit from, from those levels, which are relatively on the, the low side um, yeah. compared to, you know, somebody that has um, epilepsy. I, I'm not sure what range, what range do you aim for? Around one, around 1.0. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that that's good because I mean the strict, super strict, classic ketogenic diet. Um, some people need that to control seizures, and, yeah. and levels will be four or five. And it's also used um, at now. It's being studied as an adjunct to cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, are, uh, I the last time I looked it up, there were at least three dozen clinical trials going on for various cancers where they're studying ketogenic diet versus the regular diet in conjunction with their standard treatment. So they're not foregoing treatment, they're getting treatment, but they're adding uh, to see what will happen. And, um, and this is because cancer cells, they just, most cancer cells love sugar. (laughs) Mm. They they thrive on sugar and they can't use ketones. This is most, not, not all cancer cells, but about 80% of them. And um, a cancer cell, certain types will take up 200 times more glucose than a normal cell. They are, they want sugar. 
And wow. if you do a ketogenic diet, you're basically, you greatly reduce your blood sugar level. And mm -hmm. so there's less sugar available to these cells. And what they're finding is that it shrinks, uh, can shrink the tumor. You know, I've heard of people, their metastases disappeared, you know, the tumor shrunk. Sometimes they can't find a tumor. Um, I have wow. a, a friend who with lung cancer that had that, you know, occur uh, and that combined with her chemotherapy and they, she had a three or four month prognosis and she's now five years past that, you know, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> there's that thing, you know, many different disorders that can potentially respond to uh, ketogenic therapies, Yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, people doing, using it for cancer will try to aim for higher levels, you know, really high fat, 85, 90% fat diet. Sure. Sure. Which is hard to maintain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, especially in our carb, carb rich environment where in America today, um, right. I, Krista did have a quick uh, follow-up. She asked oh, wow. whether, cause we've talked about fasting, um, you know, and, and some people think, Oh, 16 hours fasting, that's crazy. Well, if you think about it, it's really 8 it's not hard. PM to, to noon, right. It's not, right. um, uh, you know, cause you're sleeping for, for a good portion of that, but um, yeah. But she did ask if the MCT oil would break the fast. If let's say you're doing, you know, you're waiting until lunch for your first meal, but you're having the MCT in your coffee. Yeah, it doesn't break the fast. It actually enhances because the goal is to increase ketone levels. And when you, if you just take coffee with MCT oil or coconut oil, it will further increase your ketone level. Okay. So sometimes it's referred to as a fat fast. Mm, yeah, I've heard that term. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it does. Um, it, it further increases ketosis. So technically you're not breaking, I mean, you're not breaking the fast. Uh, if you eat a breakfast that has carbohydrate in it, you will almost certainly, your, your ketone level will drop, you know, okay. if it has, yeah. uh, you know, a significant amount of carbohydrate, if it's not balanced with the fat, there's, you know, basically if you eat at least six, if cal the calories in your meal is at least 65% fat, mm -hmm. uh, 60, 65%, um, it can help you maintain the ketone levels, you know, yeah. where you're at. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it has to be, there has to be a significant amount of fat and just a little bit of carbohydrate. Um, yeah. Yeah. In fact, that's, that's the um, proportion uh, I'm on the mod modified Atkins diet and that's 65% fat, 30% uh, protein. And then the rest is, you know, carbohydrate five to 10% carbs. Um, so, and that's, will keep me right around between Point zero point five and one point oh millimoles of um, of ketones right there. Um, there was another question came in. Um, are there any uh, other oils that you use other than uh, coconut oil? And then, oh, actually, I can answer the second question. They also asked okay. where where do you find MCT oil? Um, Everywhere they haven't <laughs> seen it in a grocery shop. I've seen it in more and more places. I've seen it yeah. in some supermarkets in the natural foods area. Um, or sometimes it's in the, in like CVS and with the supplements and things like that. Um, and uh, the one that I use is, is from Costco actually in there. Um, you know, the part with all the shakes and the, the protein shakes and things like that. And it's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Amazon we, has lots of them. Um, one, one Amazon. NCTO I want to mention is that there is a high, there are a couple brands of a high lauric acid MCT oil available. Oh, I haven't seen that. Okay. It's about a third lauric acid. Um, Carrington Farms is the name of the one that I'm uh, most familiar with. It's not terribly expensive. Um, I just recently bought it for about $14 for 32 ounces of it. Oh, yeah. And that'll last you a while. 
Yeah, it'll last a while. It's it's um, liquid coconut cooking oil, they call it. They've taken the heavier fats out of it and left the lauric acid and the other MCTs that are usually an MCT oil. So you can get that benefit of the lauric acid, you know, by using that oil. Um, and it's it's a it's a cooking oil. It just has no odor. Um, it's, you know, you can cook like under moderate heat. I mean, you know, I like low, low to low moderate heat on the okay. stove. Um, and, um, but, you know, the thing about the virgin coconut oil is all that other stuff in it, you know, so I, I do some of everything I have, you know, regular, I actually make a mixture myself of, um, of uh, virgin coconut oil and MCT oil, the standard MCT oil, uh, four parts on MCT, like, like you would do four ounces of MCT to three ounces of coconut oil. Okay. And that's the mixture. Like when I started adding MCT oil to Steve's diet, I did, I played with different ratios and that was what I came up with. It, it, it uh, stayed liquid at room temperature. You could put it in almost any kind of food, warm or cold, and it would work. And it, it helped him. <laughs> he kept improving while he was taking this. So that's kind of where I ended up with that. And I still, you know, I worry a lot about Alzheimer's. Um, my mother's side of the family is I have um, my maternal grandmother, my maternal aunt, and then three of her children, my cousins, who are just a few years older than me. Two of them have already died from Alzheimer's. Wow. And one has, you know, uh, problems now. Um, so it's a big worry in my family. So yeah. when Steve yeah. started doing this, I started doing it for myself. I thought if it could help somebody that has Alzheimer's, it may be able to prevent it as well. True, sure. Yeah. sure. Which, yeah, and as you say, healthy aging, right? As well as, as right. Alzheimer's prevention. Yeah. yeah. Um, a couple of questions. Oh, oh. so going back to the question about other any other oils that you use other than coconut oil, MCT. Yeah, yeah. Um, I use, somebody um, asked about oil. adding butter to coffee as well. So I don't need yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I, I use butter I in my cooking. I often combine it with coconut oil. Like I, I made shrimp the other day with, with garlic and half butter, half coconut oil. It was oh, delicious. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Um, I do use a lot of olive oil. Um um, and then, you know, um, like monounsaturated fats, which oleic acid, which is an olive oil is also, um, in avocados and nuts and seeds, things like that. Um, so I tend to eat those kind of foods, um, mm -hmm. olive oils, it is a healthy oil. Um, so yeah, I would say butter and olive oil, but two, I use some avocado oil too. Yeah. Um, but so like those are oil. oils that I, I use in my house. I got rid of the soybean sunflower corn oil all of that a long time ago <laughs> when, we started yeah, yeah. Eating, uh, when we did the mediterranean diet actually you know i just kind of got rid of all of those and started using olive oil at that point mm -hmm. and added you know the um coconut oil yeah yeah no I, all of what we we go through olive oil like crazy around here as well um along with the coconut oil yeah um, and then we have to remember fish oil too yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, if you don't eat fish, I eat a lot of fish. I never, I hated fish and, and with the Mediterranean diet, when I started making it myself and, and uh, some great recipes, I'm like, Oh, I actually like fish. So I eat it three, <laughs> three days a week, which is really the best way to get DHA, the omega-3 fatty acids that are super important to the brain. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a new study that uh, people with high levels, you know, high DHA levels, the omega-3 levels, uh, have half half the incidence of um, dementia. 
Wow. You know, compared to people that have low levels. Wow. So it's really important to get that. This was from uh, a part of Framingham's ham study that's been going oh, on yeah. for decades. Yeah, they, they looked at these people. And um, so it's really important to get uh, DHA and getting it from a marine source, a seafood source or algae, mm-hmm. an algae source. People that are vegan usually can use um, like um, vegan uh, DHA. Right. Um, you know, it's it's really important if you rely on vegetable oils to get it, your body has to use enzymes to elongate it to DHA. And a lot of people are deficient in that enzyme, especially people with Alzheimer's. Oh, so, wow. um, you know, it's important to try to get a marine source or algae source of DHA. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, well, we are coming up on time and I don't want to keep okay. you all night, uh, but it has been really fascinating. I have like 10 questions that we never even got to, but yeah. let me ask you yeah. one. Let me ask you just one. Yeah, um, sure. Because again, folks, the, the, the book, I mean, there's a lot in here. There's so much information and I love how you go through um, not just the science, but um, you also get into the, the, the tips, the, the things that you can do. I mean, you've got a workout uh, routine, you've got um, talk about supplements, heavy metals, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And basically things that lifestyle choices that you can make to, to minimize your, right. your risk. Right. Yeah, um, you what would you that. say That's is, is like, yeah. So, so if you could leave folks with one tip, I mean, what's sort of the low hanging fruit, um, mm. the one thing to get rid of or to add? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So the thing to get rid of is, is eating so much sugar. You know, people okay. don't realize how much sugar they're eating. Uh, refined wheat is sugar. It's basically 90% sugar in your body. Yeah. doesn't taste sweet, but it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so reducing sugar, it's very highly inflammatory. Um, um, getting rid of eating ultra processed foods, you know, for the same reason, you know, the kind of things that are in them, they often have they're loaded with different chemicals for preservatives and this and that to extend shelf life that, you know, we don't need. They have synthetic vitamins instead of the natural vitamins in food. So, you know, the thing to get rid of is sugar. And the thing to to do is to, you know, I feel eat a, a whole healthy, whole food diet is really important. And then, um, you know, forget the idea that um, low fat is good, <laughs> low right. fat diet is not good. It's not right. healthy. Um, and, you know, that medium chain triglycerides adding oil, you know, if you have a memory issue, that is, there is something that you can do about it. You're not hopeless. If you have Alzheimer's, it's not hopeless. There are things that you can do to try to fight it, slow it down and maybe prevent it if you're at risk for it. Yeah, that's, that's, and and that's really the, the takeaway for me. I mean, I, there, there's a test. There's a, that we didn't, we don't have time to get into the genetics and all that, but there's a genetic test that, that my wife and I got for the APOE4 gene. And oh, yeah. somebody said, well, why would you do that? Because there's nothing you can do about it anyway. But um, they are wrong. As, as your book shows, there's, there's plenty you could do and, and, you know, better get to it. So, um, yeah. so thank you so much for, for being here and for You're writing welcome. this book and for giving us all this information. Uh, it's really wonderful. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Dave. For- and and for folks that uh, they want to uh, catch up with you, um, once again, folks, uh, clearly keto is the name of the book, um, and your website is coconutketones.com. Yeah, coconutketones.com, and ketones is spelled K-E-T-O-N-E-S. There's no Y in ketones. A lot of people try to put a Y in there. My autocorrect does that all the time, and it drives <laughs> <Yeah>. me crazy. <laughs> yeah. I have a page specifically for Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, 
Um, and then there's another page that's more geared to diet, you know, maybe diabetes or people that want to lose weight using a low carb diet. Um, there's just a ton of information. I've been working on this website since 2008. So there's a all kinds of, I can't stop adding information to it. There's too much information <laughs> and a lot of videos, podcasts, things like that so that people can watch some short and some very long. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much, Dr. Mary. Really appreciate it. Thank You're you welcome. everybody for tuning in live and, and for those who are listening and um, just keep it up. Keep living large. Okay. Thank you, Dave. All right. Bye. Bye. I'm going to stop recording. There we go.